Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Elizabeth Talbot, and we continue our series of Women of the Bible. This week, we're going over stories of women who were leaders chosen by God to take uh, his people to a new place, whether it was uh, Eve, for example, that we're starting this week, uh, starting a whole new race, or whether it was Deborah, who was going to become a judge, or Miriam, who was a prophetess, all these women that were chosen by God to lead God's people, to be the first ones in something, or to actually uh, bring the messages of God to his people. So this whole week, we're going to do women leaders. And um, we're going to start with Eve, who was the first woman and the mother of humankind. And actually, uh, Eve had great characteristics that many of of the women have throughout the Bible and until today. I have entitled this particular program, The Curious Woman. And and women have some God-given talents like curiosity and creativity and discovery and, and multitasking and many other things that God has given to women. And God designed it that way for many reasons. And, and uh, there's a lot of psychology in this, but there's also a lot of theology in this. So we're going to start from the very, very beginning when God decides to create humankind. Now, Eve the mother of humankind, will have a very important role uh, from the very beginning. We are told in chapter 1, verse 26, that the day that God decided to have children, he did a divine dialogue. So I'm going to read chapter 1, verse 26 of Genesis. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image. This is the only divine dialogue that we have in all the creation narrative where the, the Godhead gets together and says, Let's have children. Let us make mankind. And verse 27 is the report. God created mankind in his own image. Now, the word Adam in the, in the Hebrew goes both for male and female. So, we are told that he created mankind in his own image, and he created a male Adam and a female Adam. It's because Adam meant humankind. And so, here we, we have God saying, hey, I'm going to put this image in my children, and they're going to be male and female uh, because they're in my image. It, it's a wonderful s- starting of the of the humankind by saying we are in the image of God. Nothing else in the narrative we're told that in creation and all of creation has the image of God, just male and female, the female Adam and the male Adam. And on verse 31, God says that that day wasn't just good like all the other days. It was very good. So in verse 31, there's a superlative in the Hebrew that says this day was very good, like the day you had children. It wasn't the same as planting a garden or having a pet. Having children is very good. So God called that day very good. And that's how we get started with the humankind and and the story. Now, they have different assignments. And uh, one of the assignments is to be co-creators with God. So, we are told that they are going to also be fruitful and multiply, verse 28, and fill the earth and subdue it. So, they are going to have both procreation and dominion, which were characteristics of God himself, the creator, that he's going to give to his children. So, um, I always say that if you ever want to have a, if you ever want to solve a problem with ethics, 
anything, what marriage is supposed to look like, what environmental issues are supposed to look like, anything that you're supposed to eat, uh, how uh, the both genders are supposed to relate to each other. Actually, everything is in the first two chapters of the Bible because this was the way that God had designed everything from the beginning. And from the beginning, he decided that male and female were both going to be in his image and both were going to be procreators and have dominion over different things that he had created. And you can read about it in verse 28. He decided to make a beautiful garden for them. And um, we're told in chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 8, that the Lord God planted a garden. And I love the Greek on this. Most of you know that the Hebrew Old Testament was actually translated to Greek about 200 years before Christ was born. And this was called the Septuagint. And this was the Bible that the New Testament writers used when they were quoting the Old Testament. Because everybody spoke Greek by then. And the Lord God planted a garden. That word garden uh, in Greek is paradisos. That's where we get the word paradise in English. So can you imagine how beautiful this garden must have been? (laughs) Now, when we talk about paradisos or paradise in English, we imagine the most beautiful scenery that we can ever bring to our minds. And I'm sure it surpassed that. And it was in Eden, which um, is, is a word that means delight. And so this is really the paradise of delight. Here's where he placed uh, the man and, and the woman. And they, in the middle of the garden, he put the tree of life. This was uh, like an enacted parable, you know, of eternity. It symbolized their connection with the life giver. And this tree of life uh, symbolized eternity for them. Now, this is awesome. We wish that the Bible ended here. We are all happy. We are all in the image of God. We are uh, taking care of the earth, taking care of the animals, uh, procreating, having dominion over what they did. And so we are co-creators with God. But then the fall happens. And chapter three um, is where we get the fall of humankind. Now, uh, Eve, with her curiosity and her uh, creativity and discovery, seems to become the spokeswoman for both of them because she speaks in plural to the tempter. So I'm going to start on Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And here's this spokeswoman, this woman that is not shy, is bold. She engages in a conversation. She dialogues in plural. She speaks uh, in the first person plural. So she, she is speaking for all of us. For her husband and for herself and for all of humankind. Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the trees, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat. Now, um, the serpent, the tempter, answers her with this expression of shock. uh, Like, what? Are you sure? Because, you know, you should be able to eat. So, uh, the serpent starts... um, taking God's words and, and, and making twisting them a bit, right? So the woman decides to correct the serpent. And, and the first problem that she's having is engaging in dialogue with this tempter. See, most of us are curious, and I got in trouble many, many times as a young girl and as a young woman because of my curiosity and, and, and my desire for discovery. But one of the issues is when you stay within the boundaries that God set for you, you will always be happy with this, this, this spirit of curiosity and, and, and creativity. But when you cross those boundaries that were given to you by God, knowing um, that you want to stay 
that you don't want to stay under his umbrella, ethical umbrella anymore. That's when you get into trouble because you go curious uh, beyond what God has said is safe for you. So that's what happened to Eve. She started correcting the serpent and he said, no, no, no. He didn't say that we cannot eat on, of any tree of the garden like the serpent has said. We can eat of all of them, she says. Only one we can't, the one of good and evil. And the serpent said to the woman, now she, he, she, the, the serpent will do an assertion directly against what God has said. And um, this is from the beginning, verse 4, chapter 3 of Genesis, verse 4. Here we had the biggest lie right there from the beginning. You surely will not die. And this is a, a, a lie that the devil will have for all of us until the end of times, that you believe that, that a human being cannot die. And he started that from the very, very beginning. You shall not die. God said you'll die. No, you will not die. Verse 5, he makes, obviously, an assertion and, and uh, is, is against whatever thing God said. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, here is where she gets in trouble on verse 6. She has a misperception. We're told in chapter 2 that God had made trees that were not just good for food, but they were beautiful to the eyes. But here, the woman decides that they're also desirable to make one wise, which not, was not something God had said. He didn't say, hey, that tree over there, don't eat it. But by the way, you will be very wise if you do eat it. No. And so she starts um, doing misperceptions of what God has said. So we have like a crescendo of situations. First, the devil does an exaggeration. Then Eve, Eve corrects him. Then he makes an assertion of what God's thoughts were. And then she has this misperception that this this uh, tree is good for food, but also for wisdom. Verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit. So here we go, where did she get that? Where did she get that, that, that this was desirable to make one wise? It's very interesting that the weird places that we look for wisdom and um when specifically God said that there's no wisdom there. And uh, like I said, many of us have gotten in trouble trying to get more knowledge and get more wisdom and go into places where God has specifically said, don't cross that boundary. And so here we have the first sin that we call the fall. And it says here, she took from its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So we have uh, in these eight words in the Hebrew, the fall of humankind. And both Eve and Adam sin. There are different types of sin. Eve has the sin of initiative, and Adam has the sin of tacit consent. So instead of Adam saying, what? What did you do? You took the fruit. Let's, let's go and ask God for forgiveness. He takes the fruit and eats it. So she sins in her initiative, and he sins in his tacit consent, in his silence. Okay, let's go ahead and eat it. So both of them become the, the parents of the race um, of sinful nature. And what a terrible consequence they have. Immediately, you can read it in chapter 3, verses 9 to 12, they experience fear, shame, and blame. Immediately, one after the other. First, they want to hide from God. Then they're so shameful, they want to cover themselves. Then they start blaming each other. And those three things are the consequence of sin. When your curiosity has taken you a little bit too far, and so then they get fear, shame, and blame, which they didn't have before. Now, God said that um, they would have consequences to this, and the consequence is the same for both of them, and is the word pain on verse 16. Unfortunately, 
some of the translations translate these two words differently. So some people say, see, the woman got pain in childbirth and the men got something else. But actually, the word is, is the same. The woman would have pain in childbirth and the, the husband would have pain in the way that he would have to work the earth, etc., etc. So the word is, is the same for both of them. But in the middle of this terrible consequence, she hears a word of redemption. Chapter 3, verse 15 is the first verse where we um, hear that God will have a plan to redeem humankind. So even though she has sinned uh, terribly, and she's the first woman, and she's the leader of the race, she also is the first woman to hear words of redemption. And and God says to the serpent, um, this covenant uh, that he does it in front of Adam and Eve, but he actually speaks to the serpent and he says, he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel, on the descendant of the woman. In other words, we will crush your head, says God. Don't think you're getting away with this. So even though she was, um, we could say, the first one to hear words of sin and pain, she also was the first one to hear words of redemption. And the first sacrifice is in chapter 3, verse 21, and it's implied because the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So most scholars see the first sacrificial um, uh, animal dying here to give the garments of skin for Adam and Eve. So the principles of curiosity, creativity, and discovery were given to all men and women um, leaders. You know, the, go on, discover the earth, uh, you know, uh, have dominion over, et cetera, et cetera. The issue is to stay within God, God's boundaries because he knows what is best for us. Now, pain is the consequence of, of uh, having gone over those boundaries. But if you have gone too far with your curiosity, if you find yourself in a place that is really bad and really dark, remember that there is a promise of redemption that is offered to you. So this woman who was the leader and also fell, also heard the words of redemption. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Jesus101Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101Media. Until next time, live free. Woohoo!